Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other. And we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, In fact, I am not going to preach a sermon today. So, yeah, I know, I heard it. Yeah, I know. In the first service, several people clapped, and I was like, that was not the applause now moment. And uh, so, but instead, I'm going to give a a testimony. And so, if you're uh, here at River Valley, I think this is going to have a lot of value for you. If you're new to Christianity, if you're looking at exploring Christianity, I think this is going to be very helpful for you. If you're here today, and you're looking for a church, you're already a Christian, and you're looking for a church, you're going to walk away, and if you're not careful, go, he didn't preach a sermon. And that's true. That's not what I'm doing today. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a testimony. I'm not going to open up the Bible and exegete a passive scripture. I'm going to uh, use a lot of scripture and how it's applied to my life and my testimony. But I'm going to give you my testimony and then also do something that I love to do, which is coach you through it and, and how I think those things apply to you. I've been afforded a unique opportunity, I think, in the last about a year and a half. In about the last year and a half, I have come into a halftime in my life. You think about a football team in halftime, they, they go into the game with a, a game plan and uh, they, do, they execute it the best they can. But in halftime, they go into the locker room, they're like, how are we doing? What's, what went on? You know, what we need to do better? They come out with a second half. So I'm, I'm in this halftime or I'm actually just now coming out of this halftime of my life. So a couple of ways that, that I describe that is, um, cr- uh, excuse me, Thanksgiving Day. Uh, I turned 50 years old on Thanksgiving Day. So yeah, yeah. So my, my birthday's on Thanksgiving every five or six years. It's kind of fun. Uh, so obviously, if I turned 50, this is not the height of what you could have known as Cody. So, But I want you to know that there was that at one point. This is, this is the height. This is as good as it got right there. So that is 10-year-old Cody Whitful. That is breaking to electric boogaloo, okay? That is, uh, so that, yeah, so that, it's all downhill from here because my grandma took that picture and she was like, sugar, you look great. And, and so that was it. So turn 50. The second thing is Melinda and I in May celebrated 25 years of marriage. So yeah. What's funny about this is we actually uh, lost our, our wedding video in the fire and, and, and were gifted it back. My in-laws gifted it back. So we watched this uh, on our 25th anniversary. But what was stark about it was our children's reaction. They had never seen it. And, and they were shocked. They were absolutely shocked. They were like, Mom, why did you marry him? You were so beautiful. I mean, really and true. Like, I mean, almost like, what, what happened? Why did you, you know, and, and I, I totally understood that because I'm telling you, when we're lighting this candle, I'm sitting there thinking, I think she's going through with it. I mean, you, you know, so this thing is going to work out. And so you can't tell as much in this picture, but don't let Melinda fool you. I was very balding at this point. She knew what was ahead. All right. So she, she knew what she got into. So 25 years of marriage, we really do love each other. We're doing well. We, I mean, we're having an enjoyment even in our marriage. 
another thing that happened is uh, over this last season, we became empty nesters. And so, yeah, our kids are moved out. This is when they were cute and we loved them. And so uh, this is, you know, different day. All right. And so, so just great. And then the last thing is, is with River Valley. So River Valley over the last year has got over a major, major hurdle that we really struggled through, uh, which is, which is uh, 800. Uh, we now have 800 on a consistent basis at River Valley, not just here and there, we, and, and we're continuing to grow. We were, we were hitting that right as COVID hit, and then it knocked us back, and we had to make a lot of adjustments in staffing and especially buildings in order to get there. So, so we've hit this major hurdle, and we really are heading to the next stage. So, so I'm in this halftime. I've had all these experiences kind of line up in this, in this strange way. So I'm looking back at the first half, and I'm looking forward to the second half, and and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you some of the things that I learned that are just for you. I actually did this same talk. I taught, uh, taught some church pastors, about 30 church pastors last month. But it was different because it was curated for them. This is for you. I think this is going to be helpful for you if I was to use this experience to coach you as uh, my church. But if you're in groups this week, you're going to be asked this question. If, if you were me, what would you have taught on this Sunday? What would have been the lessons that you, you would teach our, our church that God has, has shown you? But I would encourage you, not just the lessons you learned, the lessons you lived. That's different. We've all li- learned some that we kind of, but I'm talking about things that God showed you because of the moment that you lived. That's what I'm going to try to show you today. So lesson number one, there's futility in my sin and reality in Christ's redemption. Our sin is futile. Futile means empty or meaningless. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, that the wages of sin is death. I memorized that verse when I was a child, but I was like, every single one of you, I didn't believe it. Because if we actually believed that the wages of sin is death, we wouldn't sin because we don't want to die. But we, we think, and I thought, you know what? It's all right. I'm different. I'm special and unique, and I can kind of sin this way and not have it ruin my life. And I didn't experience the futility of that because I was young, and I had a support system around me. But I started drinking and partying uh, when I was in middle school. By the time I was high school, I, and certainly in college, I was really and truly far from the Lord and not living for the Lord and I had walked into this path, and it wasn't a conscious decision. It was just, it was just this decisions moment by moment to live this way. And I had exposed myself to everything. And, I, and there, was, there was nothing, I was I'm reminded of, of Leviticus, nothing my heart saw that I didn't do. Nothing that I wanted that I did not try. And, and I was living in this lifestyle. And I thought it brought fun. I mean, I really and truly thought it brought fun. I mean, Robert Earl Keene, The Road Goes On Forever and The Party Never Ends, that was my theme song. I should have listened to it because it ends badly. Because sin is futile. So I'm 22 years old, and I'm at Texas Tech University, and I never flunked out of college. The reason was is because I quit before they kicked me out. And so that way I'm be like, I left them. They didn't leave me. And they're like, we just want you to go. All right. So however that happens, just please go. So I, I quit school 
I was not living for the Lord. And I remember coming to the end of my rope. And, and this is Lubbock, Texas. Tex Tech, if you, you're familiar, there's a big loop around Lubbock. It's about 30 miles to drive this loop all around the outside of the city. I would literally get on this loop at night and drive around because I, I couldn't wrap my mind around my, how empty my life was. I was like, I, I, I'm just so lonely and broken. Like, I just, I thought I was, I was choosing fun and excitement, and all of a sudden, my sin, the futility had shown up in a way. And I went home to my dad, and I said, I said, I've partied my life away. I've flunked out of school. I'm in debt. I have no job prospects. Nothing right is going on in my life. I hate my life. And I looked at my dad, and I said, I've ruined my life. And my dad looked at me and said, good, I'm glad you came to that realization. And I thought, not what I wanted to hear. That's what I thought. So, But he was, sin is futile, empty, and meaningless. And here's the deal. If you understand that, then you understand the ramifications and the magnitude of the second part of that statement, which is there's reality in Christ's redemption. See, redemption means to add value to something that is valueless. To, make, to bring back hope and a future where there was none. And so I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I started living for the Lord. And I was thinking, maybe Jesus will just forgive me. If he'll just let me for, be forgiven, that would be so much more than I deserved. And he did. But then he redeemed my life. He brought back value into my life. Now listen, if you want a picture, if you want an example of this statement, here it is. I am your pastor. If my high school friends or my college friends were here today, they would be going, I cannot believe he is their pastor. If they knew what I knew. Well, how many of you are so glad you grew up before in cell phone cameras? Man, I am so glad. I mean, because I guarantee you, I'd be like, watch this, take my video. Which really would have been saying, make sure and put this on the internet so I could never be a pastor. That's what I would have done. But instead, there's no video proof, so you just let your mind wander and we're just moving on. All right? But here's the deal. God didn't just forgive me. God sent me back to school. I'd flunked out of Texas Tech, and God sent me to Hardin-Simmons, and I met a man that was on their board, and he said, I will make sure that you are paid for school. And shortly after that, I married, or I met, and then married Melinda. I didn't deserve to date at all the way that I had treated women, the way that I had thought about relationships, and God brought me this wonderful wife, and God gave me an education, and God called me to preach the gospel, and all of a sudden, instead of driving around going, I don't know what to do. I've messed up my life. God redeemed it. I've got something to offer the world, not me that I've done, something that God gave me. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Think about that. Your sin and your wages are death, but I not only forgive them, I leave a gift. I leave a gift for you. I can redeem your life. So this is how I would coach you, and this is how I would coach our church in this today. 
Some of you are like me and you've, whether you slightly walked in or you just jumped in and you knew what to do, you're deep in sin. You are deep in sin. It's caught you in a way and it's, it feels out of control and maybe it's not known yet, but you know it is deep. And you wonder, like, is there hope? Is there a future? And the answer is absolutely. Jesus can forgive you and set you free and not just say, okay, well, when you die, then it'll all be better. And say, no, no, I want to give you a redeemed life here on earth. Give you value and meaning, hope and a future right now. But my thinking for coaching River Valley is right now is that that's some of you, but a lot of you live in this halvesies world. You haven't jumped in all the way. You're maintaining your job and your, your marriage and your children. And you're living in this halvesies world and you think that's okay. Because your sin has not consumed you like it basically had me. I mean, it had ruined my life. Your sin is, so you think it's okay. You live in this, this halvesies world. And you know, it's fine. I got a wife. I got kids. I got, you know. And you're missing out on the redemption part. You're missing out on what God has for you. You're missing out on the plans for your hope and your future. And that he really did come to give us abundant life here on earth and eternal life in heaven. If you're not a member of River Valley, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, don't just hear what I'm saying. Because this verse, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It doesn't just apply here to earth. In fact, that's the secondary application. The primary application is that if you are here today, even if your life is great, you have a fulfilling marriage and wonderful children and a meaningful job and more money than you need and influence or fame along the way, that it, your life without Christ, the wages of sin is death, is hell and eternity without Jesus. Do not, do not mistake good fortune in this life with eternity in the next. Make sure that your life is with Jesus Christ. He gives us a gift. There's reality in his redemption. And no matter how far you are in sin today, he can give you meaning and a purpose in the days to come. Lesson number two, always start with vision. And by vision, I mean a vision for every important area of your life. A vision is every important area of your life. So I, I moved to become a preacher and I began to study and I began to, to preach and I began to serve people. And, and God gave me this vision where I didn't deserve to stand up and lead people to Jesus. Then I was and I didn't deserve a wife, but there I was. And I didn't deserve wonderful kids, but he gave me wonderful kids. I didn't, and, and I had this, this vision for my life of what, what God was, was calling me to. Listen, a vision is not a dream. A dream is, you know, like, I wish I could do this or be this or have this. That, and that's fine. Those are fine. A vision is God revealing his plan to you for your life. And you need to know what that is. What I think most people think of a vision is their life a little better. That's not a vision. You think of your life a little better. You think, if I had a little bit less debt and a little bit more money, then that would be good. If I had a little bit less weight and a little bit more energy, that would be good. I'm married. 
If we fought a little bit less and had sex a little bit more, that would be good. We think of like a slight improvement on our current situation. That's not a vision. A vision is where you are going is a picture in your mind of what God is calling you to. And unfortunately, for many of us, this is the picture that we have for our vision. This is a picture of what we have. And it is happy and fulfilling, isn't it? Because that is a lazy boy recliner right there. Look at that guy. He's happy. You know why? Because he's got his phone in his hand. His remote is close by. His legs are kipped up. Undoubtedly, his wife is cooking in the kitchen. His children are well-maintained. And his life is easy and comfortable. That's not a vision, though. I promise you, if we could show you a picture of some, some people with a vision, it wouldn't always be smiles. It wouldn't always be easy. We're going to talk about that in a second. What's the vision that God has for your life in every important area? So, frankly, I think that when I went into halftime that I was winning. I'm winning. I'm not killing it, but I'm, I'm winning. I think in the important areas of my life, I'm winning. And so I thought about, like, how do you explain that? How would I explain that to people? Because, because I've seen people, like, I used to subscribe to Success Magazine. And I stopped subscribing to Success Magazine because they defined success in a way that I didn't like. They would have people that were famous or wealthy or good uh, entrepreneurs or leaders, but then you would find out about their life and their, action, their, their relationships were a mess. Be like, well, I don't want that. I don't, I don't think that's success. So how do I find success? So this is kind of what I've come up with. Why not think I'm winning? Good at all, great at some, fail at none. The important areas of your life, you're good at all of them. In other words, if it's important, you can't, you, you've got to be good. Like, you're not going to be the best dad and the best husband and the best preacher and the best, th you're not going to be all of them, but you, you can't afford to be, fail at any of them because they're actually important. Be good in your life at everything that is important. That means you, you switch up how you give time and attention to those things so that you never uh, make this thing good at the expense of this thing. They're all important. So you need to know what's important. And you need to know if you're succeeding somewhat because you have a vision for your life. And you're like, yeah, my life is somewhat looking like that or looks more like that now than it has in, in, the, in the past. But you could be great at some be great at some of the areas of your life. Now, for men, I think for men, when you're in your 20s and 30s and 40s, you want to be great at your job. That's my thought process. You want to be great at your job. You want to really kill it at your job. Nothing wrong with, with being great at your job. But I think as you get older, being great, the emphasis turns toward being great in your relationships later in life. They become more important to you later in life. You've still got to be good at all of them, but be great at some. Here's my example. Did you know that Abraham Lincoln had children, or Abraham Lincoln had parents? You ever think about that? You're like, I assumed he did, thanks. But think about it. Abraham Lincoln's mom actually died fairly early in his life, but what about his dad? What do you think Abraham Lincoln's dad bragged about in his old age? His farm? His money, I bet he bragged about, I raised the greatest president that the United States has ever had. Like, par, bar none, he's the best. 
Now, he wasn't thought about the best always, but I bet you he bragged about raising the greatest president. What about you and I? It might be that our greatest contribution is not what we do, but who we raise. Be a great dad. Be a great mom. Be a great husband. And be great at some of them, but fail at none of them. Fail at none of them. Now, be careful, because if you take that statement in face value, it's not a Christian statement. Because there's no grace in there. So understand, when I say fail at none, you listen to me really closely and you write it down. Falling down is not failing. Falling down is not failing. We all fall in areas that are important in our life. None of us have been the perfect husband or me the perfect pastor or the perfect dad. None of us have been the perfect follower of Jesus Christ if that's important to our life. And if you've fallen down, if an area of your life is really struggling right now, success is continuing to put energy and attention to that versus just going, oh, whatever. It's important. Falling down is okay. In fact, we all do that. So give yourself grace and don't just listen to me like, I've got to be perfect and I can't be perfect. Then there's no use. No, that's not true at all. And it's not even a Christian ideal. Let God's grace cover a multitude of sins. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 says, write down this vision. In other words, vision doesn't come from you. Vision comes from God. God gives you a vision. And then he says, so that you can clearly describe it. If you have a vision for your life, if you really and truly have a vision from God, you ought to be able to either write it down or explain it very succinctly in your life and how you operate and do that. And then Proverbs chapter 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. So in other words, if I don't have a vision, then I just see opportunities going all over the place and I follow them. But if I have a vision, I move forward because I know that's where I'm going because that's where my vision is. And I see an opportunity over here. I'm not talking about sin. I'm just talking about good stuff. And you're like, I'm not going to do that because that's going to take me off the path. And people without vision, they're, oh, oh, this, oh, this, oh, this. And they're not moving in a direction towards a vision that guides their life. And for us as believers in Jesus Christ, and I'm going to speak for, for my people today. I was, I was outside with a bunch of my friends uh, after the first service, all around my age. And we were, we were talking about leadership. We were talking about all this, this stuff. And here's, I think, for me to coach you in vision, one of the most important things to say at this point is this. Don't adjust your vision to your current reality. So you started out with this great vision, and then life happened, and kids got in the way. And all these things didn't go your way. And so what do you do? You say, here's the vision, but here's reality. So I'm going to dumb down the vision. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, like that's, that's not really what God wants for me. In fact, it's impossible. You, I mean, you think to yourself, here's where I'm at and here's where God wants me to go. There's no bridge to get here. I can't do it. Don't adjust your vision to your current reality. You hold on to that vision. It's from God. It's what God says he wants you to do. If it's a true vision, you hold on to that, even if at the moment it feels like everything is going haywire. I mean, you talk to my dad, and my dad prayed my entire life for me to be a preacher and never told me. He never raised me to be a preacher. I never knew that until God called me to be a preacher. When I called him and said, God called me to preach, he said, I've prayed about that your whole life. And I was like, were there ever times that you thought it wouldn't be? He's like... Every time. I mean, I never thought, you, you know, like, 
I remember the call at three in the morning from the border patrol saying, is Cody Whitfield your son? And my dad was like, yes. They were like, what does he look? He's like, well, I don't know. Tell me what he did first. That kind of thing. So I'm sure at that moment, he wasn't like, he was right on the verge of preaching. I mean, you know, I'm sure he was like, I hope he doesn't end up in a prison in Mexico. I mean, that's what, I mean, listen, don't adjust your vision to your current reality. I see people do this all the time. Man, you, you have this vision of, of what you want your marriage to be like. And it doesn't happen right away. So what do you do? You start lowering your standards. This is very common, by the way, if you've been divorced and you're, and you're, and you're looking and, and you're dating again. And so you had this 20-year-old, when you were 20 years old, you had this vision of your spouse and who you wanted them to be and what you wanted them to be like. And then you start dating and you're like, oh, that vision, it's old, it's old. And I've got this new guy anyway, and, and it's no problem. His parole officer says he's totally reformed. I mean, it's fine, right? I've seen it. Don't adjust your vision to your current reality. You hold the vision in front of you and let God mold in your life to make you who he made you to be. I'm telling you, don't let go of that. Lesson number three, you've got a vision. Okay, your visions are on the far side of making hard decisions and enduring hard seasons. You hold on to the vision. Here's the ultimate example to me. Uh, best Old Testament, um, or maybe not best, but my favorite Old Testament vision statement. Moses says, we're going to a land flowing with milk and honey. But in order to get there, we got to cross through a desert. And they didn't do it right the first time, so they had to wait 40 years in the desert. You've got to have that vision in front of you, but then you've got to endure hard seasons in order to get there and that usually means you've got to make hard decisions to get there so for mel and i we were i was traveling and speaking and it was not going well it wasn't going well at all in fact there were several moments where we didn't have enough food to eat and i'm not i'm not exaggerating that like we literally had nothing in the fridge and nothing in the pantry there were times where we couldn't afford Christmas and people knocked on our door and said, the Lord told me this morning to give you this money for Christmas. That's how we did Christmas. And to not give up on this, I mean, you're like, I mean, you know, the vision, I mean, I never, I always just kind of assumed that food would be there in the vision. And are you going to give up in those moments? And then, and then we come to River Valley and, and for me, the hard seasons were making hard decisions. It was hard for me because sometimes I had to make decisions and I love applause. I love people loving me. And making hard decisions meant that people would not like some of the things that I did. And that's hard for me. It's, it's extremely hard for me to make a hard decision. And you're kind of shocked by the first time it happens because because it usually happens in ways that you never saw coming you're like i thought everyone would love this and then somebody doesn't love it and so you you have to make this hard decision and then you make the next decision or you know but you know so and so is not going to like it or people are going to say this and it's it's extremely difficult for me some of you if i could be honest with you for a second you know some things that you have to do but there's someone's approval in your life that's holding you back you don't want to go to Christmas this year having made this decision because it'll make Christmas tense. 
well, this is, that's not the way we've always done that. You know, your, if it's your parents, we've always done this way. Why aren't you doing this way? We're fine. Are you saying we're not fine? We've all had that moment happen. We've all had that moment happen. And listen, don't ruin Christmas and going, I don't want that life. Don't do that, okay? But at the same time, you're thinking in your head, you're like, if I did my life that way, that's what I would get. And God's given me a different vision. Make a better decision. Make a sometimes an unpopular decision. Here's what I see many times in, in River Valley <clears throat> is um, to not make a decision is to make a decision. The first job of leadership is to define reality. You're the leader of your life. Some of you need to go home and have a discussion about the current reality. Our children are not on a trajectory that I thought they would be. And what we're doing tends to keep allowing them to go down that road. You need to have a discussion about that. It's hard because it's easier to just act like it doesn't exist. Or, hey, I don't hate you and you don't hate me, but we're existing in our relationship. And I'm afraid when our kids are gone, we're going to look up and be roomies not husband and wife. Hey, the way that we're doing finances is not working. What, whatever it is, define reality and have a hard discussion about what needs to happen in your life in order for you to see improvement. Because when you're not, when you're not being open about those things, it just is this, it's just this thing that we, oh, we, we ignore that. We don't, that's, that's hard. And the hard decision is that, that you want, you, you know, the moment you do that, you're going to step into that hard season of your life. But to not make a decision is to make a decision. So, what do you need to discuss? Do you need to discuss those things in your life? Do you need to have a really good discussion about those? Make a hard decision. Some of you, it's, it's just the reality of, of your life and its spirituality. Some of you, used to really love Jesus. And you've lost it. You've lost it. You feel like it. Man, there is no flame or passion in your life for Christ. You come to River Valley because we have free donuts, good music, and if nothing else, I have to be on time because we got another sermon coming. All right? And so, but, but man, love is dwindling and you need to have a discussion with Jesus. I am losing my first love. Help me. Help me. You are the most important thing in my life, Jesus. You are the most important person. And I cannot do this without you. Define reality. Make a hard decision to step into that. Because it might be that, okay, I'm going to actually, um, in January, I'm going to... Um, Start a sermon series that's going to help you do this. Uh, we're also going to have a new class freedom ministry that's going to uh, help you overcome some things. But for starters right now, just to define what it is. Make hard decisions and not give up during this season of what you know to do that is right, even if you don't feel it at this moment. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's wonder and joy on the other side. Now, here is what I'm reminding myself of this season. Because I was winning at halftime. I feel like I'm now fully in the third quarter of my life. And that's 
No one talks about what the halftime score was. That's what I'm reminding myself about. I, I was winning at halftime, but now I'm in the third quarter. And if I don't continue to learn and do the lessons that I did at first, if I give into sin, if I don't believe in Christ's redemption, if I don't have a vision, if I don't step into hard seasons, if I don't think, you know what, like this is good enough and just kind of coast till the end of my life, then, then I'm going to lose in the second half. That's what I'm reminding myself of right now. And let me be real honest with you. For the last two or three years, it has been much easier to be lazy for me than it ever has in my entire life. I don't know if that's common to middle life, but it is much easier and much, it, it was, laziness was never a temptation for me when I was young. And now, that lazy boy, that picture, I was like, I love that guy. I mean, you know, like he's my idol, you know? <laughs> I'd give any, I, I'm telling you, it, it really and truly is. And so I've got I've to relearn how to make hard decisions and, and willingly step into hard seasons because here is the ultimate vision of my life. And I want to challenge you with this. The ultimate vision of my life is that when I die, I will face God and He will open up the story of my life. And the ultimate vision of my life is this, that He will look at me and He will say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. For you have been faithful with a few things. Now come and share your master's joy, and I will make you in charge of many. I want to live a well-done life in every area that is important all the days of my life. And if you're here today, you are not finished with your life. Are you living a well-done life right now? I invite you to bow your heads, and we're going to pray for a moment. We're going to end on this today. So this is how we're ending. So get comfortable for just a second. Is there futility in your sin? Are you discovering the empty, meaningless life that is to live according to your own desires? And if so, what are you going to do with that sin? Has Jesus forgiven it and set you free? Today I want to encourage you. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. To lay down your sin before him and say Jesus. Please forgive me. Believe that he died on the cross. Believe that he was buried in the tomb and he was resurrected from the dead. And you'll be saved. You'll be redeemed. you think God can forgive me but he can't really use me that's not true redemption the whole idea is that he uses useless things and people he has a plan for you to prosper you not to harm you to give you hope and a future the Bible says if you're struggling in sin today tell God if you're embracing sin and you're still in that season where it's fun, especially if you're young, like there's, there's no consequences usually on the front end of sin. Don't be so foolish to think it won't catch up with you. Listen to an old man's advice. Don't walk down that path. And don't use me as the example like, well, he turned out okay. 
the things that I hate the most in my life are the things where Jesus was not the center. I hate my testimony for the first 25 years. I hate it. I have to say it. I hate it. Don't live that way. Don't be so hard-headed. You always make your own mistakes. Learn from others. Secondly, what's the vision of your life? What are the areas that are important to you? Have you long since set that vision aside and just thought, well, I'm just going to get through. We're just going to not get divorced. That's good enough. We'll just raise kids till they're out of the house. That's good enough. I'm just going to do this job to pay the bills. That's fine. That's not the vision he gave you. It's not what he wants for your life. It's some kind of weird existence just chalking up time. He has a vision of plan for your life. If you don't know it, back at 2-2, write down this vision. Inscribe it on tablets so that it can be clearly seen. Ask him. Sometimes he gives it in a flash. Sometimes he gives it over a period of time. But he has a plan for your life. Ask him to show you. Finally, hearts decisions and hard seasons. You need to have a hard conversation in the next 24 hours. You may need to make a hard decision. In other words, to step out of ease and comfort. That's where I find myself these days. No one's needing me or making me step out of ease and comfort. I got to do it myself to endure another hard season. Father, thank you for the vision that you've given in our life in Jesus Christ. God, that you have a plan for us and a purpose. Help us to go and to live that for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.